Hi, thank you for listening to Journey with Jess. I'm your host, Jessica Monge, and this is part two to Karen Barahona's interview for Hispanic Heritage Month. If you didn't listen to her first part, go ahead and listen to that. You might be a little lost for the second part, but I'm so excited for you to listen to this. So without any further ado, this is Karen Barahona. Also, right? you broke the generational curse and you're like, oh. no team mom for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Everybody thought I was going to be a team mom. Like really? everybody... Bro, everyone expected it. And I was just like, that's not who I am. I that's didn't want to have sex when I was a teenager. Oh. Yeah, I was not. I, so I grew up religious. I grew okay. up um, yeah. Christian. Mm. So that that also really uh, added to anxiety and shame and mm. like mm-hmm. hiding. You know, that's also another reason why I never told anybody anything because Oh, wow. I'd be looked at a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was just so bad. Even when I felt comfortable and safe enough to tell somebody about what was happening with my first boyfriend, because I met him in church, Mm -hmm. they told me there's three sides to every story, your side, his Mm -hmm. side, and the truth. And God knows the truth. And I looked at her and I was like, but why would I lie about this? Like, why would I want this to be something that? Yeah. I have to talk about it all. You know what I mean? mm, yeah. Anyway, I don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> Good. Cut her I off. Don't, yeah, I don't talk to anybody from church except for like two people um and they you know one of them was my age so she realized how fucked up our church was way before I did and she left way before I did but um we're still really good friends I've known her since I was like six years old and you know like we have very specific memories together because nobody else like went through what we went through yeah yeah so it's it's really cool that she's still in my life Oh, I love that for you. That's like a mm-hmm. really long-term friend from like six yeah. years old to now. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it was um, it was uh, very strange growing up with my mom, basically. <laughs> right, right. So you said you moved into your aunt and uncle's house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an experience because they also had a son, um, just one. And uh, basically, I came and I fucked everything up. For them you know they were very comfortable and how mm. they were living and i was just like not in a bad way oh okay <laughs> i was like, like wait what yeah. no, no, no sorry i should have i should have uh, <laughs> I, I like rocked their world a little bit i should say okay okay because you know? okay. yeah. they're very comfortable with how they how they were living and everything and i came and i was like a lot of this has to go <laughs> you know like what what do you mean because <laughs> you know they it, they only had one son so he okay. got everything he wanted and he mm. just had an abundance of things that he no longer used but nobody did anything about it ah uh, so yes you add a new person to this and then you know like they they know me it's not like i was a stranger in their home okay. like i had never been there like i have never you know spoken to them if anything i feel like i spoke to my aunt that aunt um more about how I was feeling and what mm. was going on but even then she she had come from El Salvador so mm. it took a while for us to really be able to understand each other you know okay 
um but she's super cool she's super liberal now you know so she's like <laughs> awesome. she she she's woke now <laughs> so it's, it, it got very easy for us to to just connect like I also she's one of women that I, I call mommy like I, oh. I call a lot of the women in my life mommy except for my aunt because if anything she's more like my sister okay <laughs> um, yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah um it's you know it it was really easy for me to be like okay like we can all do better than how we are right now so I yeah. came and they're like help them get rid of a lot of things that they no longer needed and you know just like set somewhat of like better habits for their son um yeah but you know it didn't last too long because I I ended up transferring uh colleges so I Mm -hmm. went from St. Francis to Buffalo and then that was kind of like my deadline like I told them I would only be here for a year Mm -hmm. and that's exactly how I did it I was setting myself up to leave. Uh, I went on vacation to Guatemala, um, like right before I moved officially to Buffalo. Yeah. So like I went on vacation with my family and then came back and basically like I packed everything before I left and I just had to like grab all my shit and go. You went on vacation with your parents and your siblings? Yeah. With my parents and siblings and my grandparents. Nice. How was, was that? Time. Honestly, really fun and okay. I, it's super, super close to my heart now because that was the last time we went on a family vacation like that. Because that year, like right before I left to Buffalo, was actually when we found my grandfather's skin cancer. So I was the one that actually mm-hmm. found it. Really? Um, yeah, because I thought if he just had like a pimple, and I took care of him. Like I would do his nails. I would like brush his hair. Like just not because he couldn't do it, just because I like. Yeah, to you're do just it. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was like, oh, let me just pop this pimple for you, right? Uh-huh. And it was almost like a little granito came out, like a like a little like rock thing came out, and I was like, oh, what was that? And it, it had we were outside, so it had fallen, and yeah. it, we couldn't see it. And I was like, oh, like that was super weird. And he just had like a, it was a hole. Like, you know, oh, like, wow. yeah, it was like really open. And I was just like, hmm, I was like, you should be careful, like, quit ointment on, so- on that or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like a large scar. And it ended up getting infected. And that's how he ended up going into the process of figuring out that he had skin cancer. What? So that yeah. mole, that pimple wasn't a pimple, it was like a mole? It wasn't. It was like a, it was a tumor almost. So essentially, like a whole thing came out, like a hard thing came out of it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it was that like, I would assume that that was like somewhat the cancer. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. So um, right when I left was when he started getting sick. And like, mm-hmm. you know, going through all the whole process of whatever he had to go through, chemo. Um, he was really down and out for a long time. And like, uh, it sucked because I wasn't there. So yeah. I was like, I was hearing everything later than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they didn't think to update me as soon as they heard news. They always thought that like I would find out eventually or whatever. I don't know what they were yeah. thinking. Yeah, but they just did not update me properly. <laughs> right, right. So <clears throat> I was finding things out, and that was super sad. That definitely added to my anxiety, especially in trying to figure out how to live on my I wasn't on my own, but I definitely wasn't happy in the situation that I was in. 
Right. And I didn't realize that until like two months into that situation. Because、mm. I, you know, I thought, okay, this is, it's a new adventure. It's going to be different, obviously.、Uh, but let's see, like, maybe it'll change. It did not change. Oh, <laughs> do you feel it didn't change? Well, I guess what I'm really referring to is my significant other at the time. You know,、okay. like we were living together in Buffalo. In Buffalo.、Okay. And it was just very much, you know,、um, I had to find a job on top of taking care of my new school things.、Mm-hmm. And like,、uh, the, part of the reason why I wanted to transfer schools was because I felt like I wasn't learning enough and I wasn't. Mm. And then I go to a school that was actually teaching me, and I was like, wow, like this, I wasn't really prepared for any of this,、mm. you know? Gotcha.、Um, so it was just stressful situation on top of stressful situation, and not being able to like reach out to my parents because one, they didn't really want to talk to me anyway. And, you know, like it was just really hard、uh, just trying to catch myself. And I'm like stumbling, you know, like、right. it's just stressful after stressful after stressful. <clears throat> I don't think it stopped until I would say until like 20, the summer of like 2019, maybe. Wow. So, That's a lot. Some, so, like a year, for a year, it、yeah. was just constant, you know, and I still did not have my family by my side or like, you know, as a, I don't want to say safety net because it's not, you know, what they should be, but. As, like, a support system in general.、Right. Yeah. And it was just a lot of aloneness and a lot of、uh, trying to figure shit out on my own. Yeah, no, it's a lot for a young person because even as a teenager, after you get out of high school, you're still very young. You're still a baby. Absolutely. And, like, I didn't know, you know, like, I, I knew what it was to kind of have to sustain myself just because I, I had to. Yeah. But, I didn't realize like how much work it was really going to be outside of one New York City because、mm. I didn't know how to drive. I never learned how to drive. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to depend on like my friends or roommates to take me to take gro-、uh, get groceries or like、mm. for anything that I really needed. Like I needed other people and I、yeah. wasn't used to that. Yeah. You know, so if I always felt super bad and I always felt like, Like a burden. Yeah. Which only added to my anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, damn, what's happening here? <laughs> like, I, I left so I didn't have to do this. And look at me now. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Or, you like know, you like, said, like, different dresses and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was, um, it was definitely an experience. I would do it all over again. I'm not going to lie. You would? <laughs> I, I would if. I'm not, I don't live at home now, but I am way closer. I do live with my grandma. So it's very much,、uh, it's a safe haven now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very different than what it was five years ago. But I'm very, I'm very grateful. You know, like it's, it's been an adventure. My anxiety was through the roof last year specifically.、Mm. And now I feel, I feel calmer. Definitely not anxiety free, but. <laughs> A lot、yeah. calmer than um than I've ever felt before. You know, I feel like more peaceful. That's and, good. Yeah. Any questions? When, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. When did um you finally, um when did you feel your relationship with your, I guess, parents or your mother got better after you moved out? I feel like uh the Christmas of 2019.、Mm-hmm. 
that was when I was no longer with my significant other uh, from Buffalo anymore. Um, and that's when she like finally opened up to me. Oh, interesting. It was just like, yeah, it was, it was super interesting because, you know, like, uh, I guess she didn't feel like she could talk to me if I was with somebody. That makes oh, sense. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So I was finally, like, I was single. I'm an adult. <laughs> and she just kind of, like, opened up. And that's when I opened up. And I was just like, man, like, we could have been talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Um. And, you know, it still took a couple years, uh, you know, especially because I moved even further away. So I was only visiting once in a blue moon. Right. But then um, when I moved to Manhattan, I feel like that's when our relationship really started to take a, a, a turn, like get a lot stronger because mm-hmm. I was able to just come over here it, like a two hour trip from the Upper West Side to where my parents live. So I would be able to... Uh, um, come over for the weekend hang out with them for a day or two and then you know go back home you know mm-hmm. or they would finally be able to invite me to go to like different things with other family members uh, who haven't seen me in all the years that I was gone so it was just it got easier and we got to talk more and we got to spend more time together and you know that's when I really started opening up to her about certain situations in my life and she was like oh I've been through this like, this is what happened. And I'm just like, wow, like, that's very similar to yeah. what I'm going through. I mm. wish you could have spoken about this sooner, you know? Yeah, yeah. But in due time, like, it, it, we're definitely at a really good spot. Like, she'll just call me because she misses me, oh, even though she okay. lives downstairs, you know? Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so she's literally down uh, on the first floor now. I live on the fourth um, and, like, on the other side mm. of the building. So she's very close, but she'll still text or call me and be like, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Where are you? And I'm like, home. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I can live upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could you could walk up the stairs and see me if you want. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's also it speaks on the importance of like talking about your experience with your kids or your parents because yeah. that's where generational cycles or curses or traumas end because yep. if you would have known earlier for, from your grandma's situation to your mom's you probably wouldn't have gone through it either yeah and that's what i told them and that's actually something that my uncle um oh. made uh, a comment about too she was he he literally used to tell me all the time i really wish that you would talk to your mom about this because oh, I had, yeah, because I, I did definitely feel a little more inclined to speak to the men in my family, but mm. not so much where they knew exactly what was happening. Mm. But, you know, like very surface level, like there's stuff that's going on that I don't really think is like, okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So he, he had, since I was younger, he was always like, I wish you would speak to you or your mom would speak to you oh, wow. about her, her relationship with your father. And I was like, That's but why? Crazy. He was like, I like I, you need to speak to your mom. But she never <laughs> spoke to me until the some the December of 2019. <clears throat> so it's crazy because that you really just built it a memory. Like it's a male in my family that's like, okay, you guys need to speak about stuff because this is like a pattern that happened. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, thank goodness I broke it. <laughs> like my one yeah. of the biggest things is like if I would have had 
had gotten pregnant from being yeah. with this man or yep. child. He was a child. Um, you know, <laughs> or, you know, like it's things would have been so different. I feel like I would have been so unhappy. Right. A teen mom, you know, like and I would have felt obligated to an extent because we were both Christian. Yeah, Christian. I get the religious part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, a lot of pressure. It's a, a ton of pressure. They would have wanted us to get married. They would have wanted us to keep, like, let's say if I got pregnant, they would have wanted us to have the baby, you know, like okay. everything that would have ruined any chance of me being my own person yeah. would have happened at that time. Well, yeah. you touched a bullet, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I know you've been mentioning your anxiety. I want to know what was the first time you actually really felt anxiety and you knew that it was anxiety? Oh, in college. Uh, in college. I actually would have a lot of uh, panic attacks. That's when I, I really understood, like, okay, this is something that, one, I felt for years. Mm. And two, like, this is the most I've ever felt it. So I would hang out on, like, the second floor of my college a lot with my group of friends. Uh, some of which, you know. <laughs> and I would just start, like, crying because I felt like there was just so much happening and then hyperventilating mm. to the point where I have I would have to be like okay like I need to go outside you know and I would just kind of be outside like <sighs> right like and like and it would get faster and faster and I'm just like fuck like I don't know what to do um until one of my friends um she's one of my she was one of my older roommates now too yeah. um uh, her name is Natalie. She's uh, from St. Francis. You know, she's a widow. Uh, that's my pleasure, sister. I also oh. love her. Widow also did really help, but very much on like just providing me a space where oh, nice. I felt safe, especially in college. You know, like I, she she lives maybe like a twenty minute walk from me, so oh, I would cute. just walk on over. Yeah, yeah. And we would have like little dates and um, you know, she she's my sister for real. <laughs> you know, she. I love she that. That's there. good. Yeah, so she she definitely did create a space for me um, outside of my own home in her home. Like her whole family oh. is just such a blessing. Oh. Um, but for school wise, it was definitely another Natalie, and she would come outside with me, and she would just kind of like try to find ways to break my my hyperventilation. So she she would just kind of make me laugh or like say something and you oh, know like, what a sweetheart yeah, yeah like she she would she did a lot for me in college just she just kind of held it down every time that I needed to be brought down from like this this high level anxiety situation that I created in my own head you know yeah <laughs> and then and yeah. uh like she has videos of me <laughs> of like hyperventilating <laughs> she was like this is you I was like oh my yeah. god I mean <laughs> is know? she really your friend if she doesn't record you exactly. you know like <laughs> yeah exactly oh you know she was a huge help in me one realizing like okay like I have anxiety and I have to handle things a little bit differently than I would like to or you know like I need to find new ways on how to calm myself down so to speak so yeah I did you know I mean uh I would have breakdowns when I was in high school but they were usually at night and I was usually like profusely crying and like in bed, you know, so mm. it wasn't, I was never in a situation where I was like, oh, like this is bad. I was just like, okay, this is bad and I'm home and nobody's around. So it's right. not really like, you know, yeah. like it's, it's fine. 
But when yeah, it started happening it. in public, yeah, yeah, when it happened in public, that's how I was like, okay. And it happened a couple times in college in public. And I was just like, damn, like, this is an issue. <laughs> you know, like, it, there's yeah. something that have, I have to do about it. Um, and then from then on, it was very much like uh, I felt not that it was gone, but that I was trying to find new ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 2019, it definitely took a turn because that's when, you know, I'm an adult, so I'm 21. Yeah. Um, I just kind of fell into vices. I would like to say I had it under control, but I was drinking like full bottles of wine and watching the original Star Wars trilogy and having like a bottle per episode. And I'm just Jesus. like, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's a, a lot, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Thinking yeah. back on it, it's been a lot. That ended up not helping with my anxiety either because I was just like, oh, I'm anxious. Let me have a glass of something. Mm. You know, like I didn't really go out as much in Buffalo um, to say like, oh, I went partying or I went right. out drinking. It was very much, I'm home. I'm going to have a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. You know, mm. I'm going to have a drink of something just so that I don't have to think about what's happening. And then ended up like, uh, using hookah as a vice as well. Mm. That was something that I got very into and then ultimately into smoking marijuana. So all of these vices just kind of came into play and it wasn't until recently that I was like, oh man, I don't remember the last time that I did not have a vice. Mm. And that was super jarring for me because I was like, yes, it helped me in the moment right but i i like i leaned off of alcohol set into hookah i leaned off of hookah and like set myself into smoking marijuana mm-hmm. so it was like i i didn't really give myself a break from not right. having a vice i just changed what my vice was right so now i'm really learning what you know how to handle my anxiety and not try to lean onto a vice it's really it's really hard it's really different because uh i definitely take took a lot of like breathing exercises uh and make them a part of my life uh when i really started smoking weed just because i was like i like my lungs i like to run and jog so i need to yeah make sure that i maintain that um but then i realized holy shit this actually really helps with my anxiety if i'm feeling a certain way like i don't need to smoke weed i could just breathe and yeah you know like take a moment so i'm still it's still very much learning how to live with anxiety yeah (laughs) and like like i've never had to take antidepressants you know or anything like that anxiety pills um sometimes i wonder if it's because i'm really good at masking how i'm feeling and like i can like and i've told this to my therapist too like sometimes i wonder if i'm performing my emotions Mm. for you you know like yeah. so like you don't think that anything's wrong with me right. <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah. like i'm here telling you like i have a problem <laughs> yeah it's an issue you know yeah but still really getting used to not smoking as much and that's been weird with my anxiety i have felt a little bit more anxious lately since i like kind of slowed down with that but it's uh yeah i had mentioned like uh learning how to people please oh yeah Uh, you did of course yeah yeah so that happened years ago but now like now that i'm you know trying to wane off of my vices i realize that my people pleasing is really coming into play 
because I'm constantly mm-hmm. like wondering like or thinking about not hurting this other person even if I already know and I have like the outcome in my mind and I'm just like okay this isn't something that's gonna work for you mm-hmm. I'm still out here like oh but you don't want to hurt this person you don't want to make them feel bad you don't want to you know you don't want to be a cause for something in their life you know I thought it was good and I thought I was like a recovering people pleaser which yeah, I, yeah. I am you know but like yeah it started to come back a little bit okay. with the anxiety and I'm just like oh no <laughs> like yeah. oh no this yeah. isn't who I want to be like I want to be firm and doing what's good for myself and not falling back just because I feel like I'm gonna hurt someone else but it's really hard because I've always had to walk on eggshells you know Mm. like I couldn't not think about not hurting someone else you know like Mm. I never wanted to make anybody feel the way I felt but Mm. then I always accepted if they made me feel that way right so I'm just like dang I don't want to be that way. <laughs> I never wanted to be that way, but that's just yeah. what I learned, you know, as a yeah. a Christian and mm. you know, I have to be forgiving. I have to right, be yeah. kind. Yeah, you know, like and my kindness is a virtue. I'm just naturally kind. That's just mm-hmm. who I am. But then it it takes over to a point where it's like, okay, you're being too kind, mm. you know, and you're hurting yeah. yourself and yeah. it's causing you more anxiety than you actually want. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very much a learning curve. I'm still very much learning how to just uh, understand like where what I'm feeling and like why I'm feeling it in the moment. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, I think I've I've learned how to take a second and like ask myself, okay, well, what do I need in this moment now? Yeah, yeah. And, like what can help me? Can anything help me? The other day on. Tuesday I had such a bad bad day mm-hmm. like mentally like I was just I was like oh man like I hate that I can't do much and, and mind you I'm healing from my surgery yeah so there's yeah. only so much that I can do but in my head I'm not doing enough right that's I from your like, and stuff yeah, yeah and I'm just like I can't be sitting around and not doing nothing like I can't help with anything I physically cannot keep my arms up for longer than like a minute I feel more or less like useless and I Mm -hmm. don't want to feel that way and but it's it's all in my head you know it's my head telling me you're resting you're not allowed to rest like Mm. you 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 need to be doing something right what do you mean like clean your room at the very least but I like I can't like it hurts bro like I'm in pain (laughs) Uh, something that I tell my students in, in times like these it's like and your therapist probably told you if you guys are up to this point but have you validated those emotions when you're going through it yes I always told myself like it's okay to rest it's okay to heal like you need to heal but still my brain is very much like a uh like you're not doing enough you should be doing more you can do more but in reality I can't like not because I don't want to I'm not trying to be lazy like I'm healing. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not lazy, it. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Brain just doesn't want to accept that. Yeah. And there's always that bully, big bully, right? A part of us that we grew up with. It's probably the voice that we heard growing up, probably because someone was telling us those things too when we were growing up. But what would you tell, like, younger Karen today? Oh, that's a good question. To take it one step at a time. Like, not to do try to do everything all at once. Like, yes, 
you think you can and you probably will but it would just be so much easier if you took everything one step at a time do one task at a time figure it out thoroughly and yeah. then move on you know yeah yeah it's like even now i catch myself trying to do a, a million things at once and i'm just like all right focus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got this but do it one at a time right right i feel like when you talk about your people pleasing stuff i want to say it's not a, a horrible thing right because like mm. you shouldn't want to hurt people but when it starts hindering your life and you're walking on eggshells and and bending over backwards i think that's when the problem starts yeah. what are some things that you're trying to stop people pleasing to that extent i think i'm learning how to say no like i know no isn't disrespectful but I always like to take it a step further and just explain why I'm saying no. Oh. You know, so like, for example, there was this guy that was trying to like take me out on a date, right? And I just, I knew that that's not what I wanted. Mm. But I would have said yes, just to make them happy. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Which is okay. not a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah no, it's, I'm just, I'm, I guess because I see you in a certain lens, I didn't know like it could also go to this extent, you know? I would have said yes to also make them happy, even though I knew that that's not really what I wanted. It took me a while to like build up the courage to do it. And I ended up even like sending a message saying like, hi, like, hey, like, you know, um, I just don't think that this is something, you know, that I see going anywhere, you know, and I didn't yeah. really give you a chance to get to know me or something, you know, for that. Like, I apologized because I felt like I, oh. I led them on, you know, uh -huh. not that I led them on, but like, I gave them the idea that I would let them get to know me and I didn't do that, you know. So I was just like, I, you know, I, I'm sorry that I didn't really give you a chance to get to know me, but, you know, like, I just don't think that this is going to go anywhere whatever whatever and yeah you know like that took a lot of courage for me because uh, i was like i'm trying congrats. to say no and be nice and not yeah. have feelings you know because like uh like i understand some people aren't gonna like you all the time i get that mm -hmm, i don't mm -hmm. mind that people don't like me okay you know like your perception of me is not my business mm -hmm. you know like i know who i am i'm very firm in who i am but i don't like to make people feel bad <laughs> and that's oh, my problem wow. okay yeah. that's yeah. so interesting and stuff because like like i said earlier like i never see you as a bad person but i always saw you as someone like who was firm in what they wanted not saying that mm -hmm. you're not but this is interesting right because you even apologize to this man you know what i know you said you you let him on and stuff but i don't think that's your fault you know yeah you like, didn't do yeah. it to a bad extent i think yeah but it just it makes me feel bad like you said i am very firm in like what i want and who i am it's just i don't like to think that i can make people feel bad and that's a hundred percent my people pleasing side oh. like it's still it's still very much here and it's very much like a part of my life and it's so hard because i'm constantly worrying about how i'm gonna make people not or you know how am i not gonna hurt this person's feelings i don't know it's super weird <laughs> it's very no, contradictory it's weird. yeah you know? it's yeah. super contradictory and it's my everyday life you know i even do wow. it with my supervisor because i'm like i don't want to come off as like rude but all i really need to say to something that she sends me is like okay sure like you know like okay no problem you know <laughs> i feel but, that like, yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's 
I don't want to come off a certain way, even though I'm okay if people see me as that. that yeah. Like, if you if you think it I'm a bitch, I probably yeah. am. But like, <laughs> I'm not gonna come off as a bitch, you know? <laughs> it's just oh contradictory. It's really difficult to like balance and like handle. I'm working on it though. I mean, you're conscious of it, so that's the first step. So these episodes are going to air during Hispanic Heritage Month. And these are conversations mm. that we don't have, especially as millennials or Gen Zs or whatever. Like, these are conversations that are probably had in private and some people probably don't have at all. So it'd be yeah. really nice for some people to be able to relate or even understand how we grew up and stuff. So I want to thank you for sharing your story. It was very personal and I'm just honored that you let me interview you. Yeah. Um, but is there any piece of advice you would want to give to anyone listening? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for letting me share. Like you said, a lot of our stories are not spoken about in public. And I would love to deep dive into other people's stories like this because it's it's real, you know. I think my advice would be find your people that you feel safe with, you know. And if you think in the slightest way that you should take up therapy or you should talk to somebody, do it. Because it's going to be worth it 110%. You know, like understanding yourself is super important and understanding where we came from is also super important and there are people out here who have similar stories and we're willing to listen so share i love that um find your chosen family right yeah definitely (laughs) i do want to say i don't know if you've read the book but if anybody else listening resonates with karen's story i really want to recommend the book adult children of emotionally immature parents because the book doesn't place blame on our parents but it just helps us understand them more and i think that's wonderful because now us as adults um some of us might hold resentment some of us might just be confused and i think that book explains it perfectly so highly recommend thank you for listening to journey with jess Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Journey with Jess with Karen Barona. Hope you really liked it. If you have any suggestions for future seasons like season three that's going to be coming up next year, please leave them down below. There's a little link where you can leave suggestions, comments, whatever you'd like. If you like this podcast and this episode, please give a five-star review. It helps a lot. And if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Comment what you like to see next. I appreciate you being here. Make sure to follow me on social media where I give more mental health tips live. Thank you.